great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast, a podcast of talk culture where everyone has a story. I'm your host, Elias. You can find me on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. My guest this week, he's best known for his role as Chuck Lorraby and Last Man Standing, Jonathan Adams. Jonathan, welcome to the cave. You're welcome. Happy to be here, man. Very oh. happy to be here. How are things with you? Oh, man, things are great. Things are really, really great. I'm happy the show's coming back. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, I'm a fan of the show. Uh, I think a lot of us are excited that it's coming back. You know, you guys took a year off, but maybe you'll, you'll come back stronger now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we didn't plan to take a year off, but yes, we did take a year off. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's the most exciting thing going on right now? I mean, I know the show is uh, is coming back in the fall, hopefully. Is that what the plan is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to be back on the air, you know. We start, we start shooting in August. Okay. And, uh, I don't know, probably late September, there'll be episodes on the end, and uh, yeah. we'll be rolling. <laughs> rolling. All right. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get a little bit of a story about you. I know you, uh, I read online you grew up in Pittsburgh. How yeah, was it? Big Steelers how, fan. Big Steelers fan. I'm calling from Massachusetts, so, uh, you know, I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> how was <laughs> how was it growing up in Pittsburgh? Oh man, yeah, you know it was it was great. I mean, it was um, it's a it's it's a medium sized town, and uh, you know it's just uh, you know it's a city. And I I grew up basically I, know, I wouldn't call it the hood, but you know it was kind of close to the hood. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, Wilkinsburg, which is right outside near near Homewood, which is a relatively you know, bad neighborhood. But I grew up. Wilkinsburg wasn't that bad. It got uh, it got you know it got a little bit worse later on. Yeah, and um, you know it was it was fun. It was, it was fine, man. Yeah. What were what were you into as a kid? What did you enjoy doing? What was I into? What yeah. did I enjoy doing? Yeah. Let me see, man. Um, I was a big reader. I was a reading kid. I was that kid you'd always see with a book in front of him. Yeah. I was also that kid who later on I started playing. I was like the D and D geek, and uh, you know I was into like, you know, I call myself a blurred, like black nerd, like the original, like the original blurred. That's what I call myself because that's what I was. Do you think of all those kids who were into like, uh, you know, space and science and uh you know J.R.R. Tolkien and you know and all you know elves and dwarves yeah. and stuff like that that was totally totally me yeah. so I'm reading you know you know Heinlein and Tolkien and all that kind of stuff just geeking out yeah. I was a geek yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that yeah well no there's nothing wrong with that I had glasses and uh so I was um I was like kind of uh, pudgy until I was like 13. I, I grew like six inches in a year, stayed the same weight. So I went from being short and pudgy to tall and skinny, <laughs> and, um, which was a which was a weird thing. And my voice dropped. And a big uh, a big thing with all my friends is I could I could all of a sudden do a dark Vader imitation, and uh, yeah, they were they were really yeah you know, pleased about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, from the age of 13. yeah. 
So while you were growing up, what uh, did you start like playing around with like with acting and everything? Or was that after when you got older? Um, I grew up and I didn't want to be an actor. Like I said, I was like a, I was a smart kid. I was like, uh, um, you know, did all the you know dance class when I was younger, and then I was uh, totally on this track. I really wanted to be. First of all, my first thing I wanted to be was an astronaut. I loved space. And I was really into like, oh, I'm going to go to space. I'm going to make that happen. And then, like I said, I grew like six inches in a year. And then I realized that, uh, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of astronauts are relatively like smaller dudes. They're like under 5'9 and usually like under 150 pounds. They're, they're, they're smaller dudes. And... um because you want to use less resources, you know, space. Yeah. And it's a small space and all that kind of stuff. And I grew, like I said, six inches in a year. I was like, went from, you know, five, five to five, 11. Wow. And, uh, I was like, I thought, you know, man, I'm just too big now. Like I'd never make it. And my vision was pretty bad too. Cause most, most of those dudes are pilots. And so then I thought, okay, all right, now I'm going to, I'm going to be a doctor. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go into medicine. I'm going to be a doctor. And then uh, I just totally fell in love, and like in the sixth grade, with with uh, the theater, and it was totally accidental, man. It was uh, it was about a girl. So <laughs> is it is it always like so, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's always about a girl. Yeah. So like my friend Kevin, there was this, there was this girl I liked, and not to say her name, but my friend Kevin said. Oh man, she's in drama club. That meets after school in such and such a classroom. And so I was like, Oh, okay, well, I'm gonna go see check out drama club. Never acted before, never done anything in you know, performance wise. You know, but you know, you're eleven years old, twelve years old or however old I was. And um I was like, Okay, I'm gonna check this out. And I got there and I, I there was a kid who, was, who who didn't come that day and I ended up reading this part and um, the teacher, Mr. Marks, was like, uh, you know what, uh, you're, you're really good. And I eventually, that kid kept not coming and I, and I stole the kid's part. That was my introduction to acting. So I ended up playing the role on the, on the little sixth grade production of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> There I was. That was my introduction to acting, and that's it. Yeah. And then from right. there, you went to high school, and did you continue acting there in the theater? Yeah, I went to high school, and I didn't do much of, like, the drama in school, like the speech and debate, because, you know, in my high school, they were all about the uh, musicals, and I was not into musicals. I didn't, I, first of all, I can't dance, and, like, I can only carry a tune, like, just so far. And like that just was not, not my thing. <laughs> and I didn't understand musicals, you know what I mean? I, at that age, I was like, I don't understand why they're singing now. I don't get what's going on. I would really just, you know, I don't know, what's, what's all this? I just didn't get it. And so I didn't do any of the musicals in high school. So I just ended up... Um, doing like speech and debate and stuff like that and then I went to uh, went to college for, for acting at Carnegie Mellon which is in Pittsburgh 
Yeah. So from there, how did you, uh, do you remember uh, after you finished college and everything, how did you, uh, did you move to L.A. or New York or anything like that, or did you stick, stay around in uh, Pennsylvania? Well, here's the story. I was, um, I didn't finish Carnegie Mellon. I did not get my degree there. Um, I kind of basically ran out of money, and um, then you know, I was I was working really. I mean, it was a very expensive school, right? And I didn't have much money. My parents didn't have much money. And it was pretty much it was just me doing it, right? Yeah. You know, and you know, trying to arrange the student loans, and I didn't know anything about any of that stuff, and and I just I screwed a few things up <laughs> in terms of the loans and stuff like that. And um, I ended up, like, not finishing. And I remember, like, the last, I was there for a year and a half, or maybe two. I was, yeah, it was my, it was a yeah, second semester, sophomore year. That's when I left. Um, and I remember, like, it just, you know, my grades were going down because I was trying to figure out, you know, what to do next in terms of, you know, trying to make money. Yeah. And, um, and then I left. And then I spent, like, a few months, like, at my mom's house, just kind of, you know, growing stubble and just because I couldn't grow a beard at that point, just growing stubble <laughs> on my face and, and not, uh, and just you know, in a robe most of the time for like five or six months, and then, and then a friend of mine, you know, was like, you know, you should try out for this thing, and so I started, you know, trying out for things around Pittsburgh, got a few like theater roles, and um, just. My first paying gig was at uh, the City Theater in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, and uh, I did that. It was, uh, it was, uh, who was it? I can't remember the name. Who, who wrote that? It was Arthur Miller. And um, yeah, it was like like 120 bucks a week. I was so happy. You know, <laughs> I was like, woohoo! <laughs> and uh, it was my first paying gig as an actor, 1987. And then, um, I don't know if you knew, but like in the 80s, a few, Pittsburgh in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, was like a really big, um, it, it could disguise itself as any town, any like northeastern town or even like southern town, like in the country, because it has, you know, there's, there's so many different areas in it that, you know, you could shoot. And so, you know, producers loved it because, A, it was, it was cheaper than New York and, you know, Atlanta at that time or any of those places. And, uh, you know, the weather was fine. So in the summertime, the movies would come in. And so I had, a, I had, a, I would get, like, you know, small roles in movies that came into town. Um I can't remember the first one was like something called equal justice or something like that. It was a pilot. I ended up, you know, playing this role in that. And, and, uh, those were my, those were my first like film and television credits. Um, and so I would like spend my summer, you know, I would get like two or three weeks on a movie and, you know, get a, a good amount of money to me at that time, you know, for a 21 year old kid you know, to just, you know, make it through the summer in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just, I just cruise through the summer and then I'd go do another, you know, play and just, you know, cruise through that. And so I started working, you know, at the age of, you know, 20, 21 years old as an actor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for 
like three, four years just making a living. I was still, well, I was kind of living at home, but not really. But um, just, you know, I was doing it, you know. So that was my job. I was an actor. And you worked hard for it, job after job. Yeah, and I would, yeah, I worked hard for every (laughs) single little job I got, you know. I don't know if you know theater, man. Theater, which is what I did after that, um, all over the country for like, to 10 years theater you, you know you do eight shows a week you're there all the time you're you're there from tuesday through sunday it is it's it's a grueling schedule it really is i mean the rehearsal schedule is going and then the performance schedule is even is even worse it's just uh it's just ridiculous you know if you're trying to do a lead role on a in a play on stage, eight shows a week, it, it, it is just draining. Yeah. Which is why you got to be young, you know, to do that, I think. Or, you know, make sure you, you have a um, an understudy do the matinees or something like that. So, yeah, I was so just you gonna, can rep. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, you know, there's a, probably days where you were doing two plays a day, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You get um, matinee and a, and a show at night. So, yeah, like a two and an eight or two and a seven. And you, uh, and you toured all over the country. At least, I mean, you get to see the country at the same time, but you're also working, like you said. Six right, six. right. Yeah. I ended up doing um, a couple of, I did, well, it wasn't really a touring company. Like, the first big gig I got was um, was a Fences. It was, like, in whatever, 90s, something like that. And, like, it wasn't a touring company per se. It was a shared production okay. uh, with these three theaters, like all over the country, which got me to introduce to these people who I would never have otherwise met all over the country. So I think it started in um, Texas and then moved to Milwaukee and then moved to uh, Arizona. So, um, you know, I got a chance to work at these theaters that I would never, you know, and meet these people I would not have otherwise met. And uh, after that, I ended up actually moving to uh, Wisconsin uh, because I, I would work with uh, Milwaukee Repertory Theater and uh, APT Theater out in uh, Spring Green. So if you have theater geeks listening, they all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, and then I moved to Oregon. So that was another thing. Yeah, I, I read that. It had some kind of Oregon uh, theater festival, right? Yeah, I was at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival for five years. Okay. Which is just which was just great, man. It's just a wonderful place to work and just so such incredible work they do up there. Just so such high quality theater and um, you know, I I I'm looking forward to maybe doing it again up there at some point in my life if I can get the time. Yeah. But um, I would love, I love to work up there again, and I loved working up there. But um, yeah, I was up there. I did Taming of the Shrew. I did, uh, I didn't do Othello. I understudy Othello, but I went on, which officially kind of you kind of did do Othello. And then I did um, like Cymbeline, and you know all these plays that you like, you know, like you hardly ever get a chance to do, you know, yeah. and. Uh, and all these wonderful, wonderful old words that are just like jazz. So hmm. I had a great time. So you have like, uh, you know, 
you, you have many talents, I guess. You know, you're, you know, you do your theater, you've done your, your Hollywood, and you've also done voice acting. How did you fall into voice acting and, you know, and doing all those uh, com- comic cartoons? Well, voice acting is, um, to me, it's a natural. And, like, and I always explain to people that, you know, it's, you're just, uh, what's the word? I mean, you get a chance to, 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 to make everything your voice. You're, when you're acting on stage, when you're acting on camera, you have to worry about, when you're acting on camera, you got to worry about your eyes and your hands and your face and your movements and everything means something. And, and when you're doing voice acting, only thing that means anything is your voice. And so it's really fun to like hone yourself down to that only particular, uh, thing for, for a little bit, you know, yeah. it's kind of like using only one color or using only one, you know, just one dimension. You just, you, you, you're, it's all about your voice. And, um, I got into it because <laughs> I got into it because my wife said, you know what? I mean, you have, you have a beautiful voice. Why aren't you doing voiceover? I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, first of all, I'm, I was a theater geek. See, I went from being a Tolkien geek to a theater geek. And I was like, I'm an actor. That's not acting. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, that's how I thought of it. And then I got into it and I was like, no, no, it is. It really is. And I remember the very first animated gig I had was, um, um, was an animated Doctor Strange out here in L.A. Yeah. I remember 15, 10, 10, 15 years ago. But I, I played Dormammu, and I was, I was um, just surprised at the high level the scripts were at, you know, how how good the, the scripts were and the things I got to say, or, or the, those are the kinds of things you only get to say, like, in Shakespeare or in a play. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is cool," and so you know that was, I was kind of bitten by that bug once I once I realized what it was. Yeah. Do you have a like a favorite uh, cartoon that you've done? Um, favorite cartoon, favorite cartoon. <laughs> you know what's going to sound funny is that in terms of like animated uh, stuff that I've done, I loved doing. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love doing Atrocitus in uh, Green Lantern. But uh, my favorite, actually, strangely enough, was uh, Absorbing Man from uh, Hulk and the Agents of Smash. (laughs) And I don't know if you know ever listened to that or or heard that. You know, I I got to do a a New York accent and and (laughs) see this big giant guy. You know, he was always really tough, and you know, it's who he is. And I was like, oh, this is just fun. I never got, to, yeah. I never did anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And most of the time, you know, you see me physically, and you're like, mm, you know, he's never going to talk like that. Yeah. You know, so it's fun. It's fun to, to, to bring out all these different voices. Yeah. Did and, you uh, did you read comics? Like, did you read comics when you were a kid? Did I read comics? That dog. Told you I was a blurred man. <laughs> yes. 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 I read comics. Yeah. I read X Men, and you know, I I was into I was into I was marvelled out, man. I read X Men. I read uh, um, 
Fantastic Four. I read um, Spider Man. Uh, my favorite definitely was Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer days with Galactus and you know the Planet Eater and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, yeah in like the seventies. It seems like you're always. It seems like you're always playing the villains in those uh, cartoons, also. I know, right? You know, you get, but you know, it's the deep voice, yeah. and uh, the only time I get to play like a hero, heroic character is um, on a video game. Okay. Um, uh, Tyrael on um, Diablo Three. I'm. I don't know if, if you're. Friends of, or if anybody has ever played Diablo 3, they know who I'm talking about. He's the angel of justice. And, um, you know, he got he gets to be, you know, just and good and kind and all that kind of stuff and, and carry a big sword and fight folks and, you know, be on the right side of justice. Yeah. Do you ever get invited to, like, Comic Cons because of the voice acting that you do? I, I went to, well, there's BlizzCon. I've been to that a couple of times. That's uh, the one with Blizzard because that's. Diablo 3 is a Blizzard product and um, I've been to Comic Con one time yeah that was that was something there's a, there a lot of spandex yeah you could tell tell dudes religions really quickly you know what I mean yeah um, <laughs> you know it's, a, it's really something yeah it's and there's just a lot of a lot of geeks just like me you know <laughs> it's my people <laughs> and uh, it's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was fun. Did you did you have fun at, uh, meeting fans and signing autographs for them? Yes, I did. And there, especially at BlizzCon, there there was this one dude. Okay, um, Diablo Three character Tyrael is this beautiful angel, and you can't see his face at first. And he's got you know these wings, and he carries this big two-handed sword. This Eldruin, it's called, right? Uh, this dude oh, had this character in a tattoo over his entire back. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like it, from from the nape of his neck to you know to his waist. <laughs> this entire character, this, this angel of justice guy. On his entire back, and I took a picture of of, of his back wow. with me. So it's it's remarkable. These fans, man, they oh, are yeah. just some of the most incredible fans in the world. I mean, mm. I, I love them, but yeah. they are rabid. It's, it's great. So, like we mentioned earlier, Last Man Standing's coming back on Fox, and the whole cast yeah. is ret- the whole cast is returning. Before mm-hmm. I, I have some questions written down for that, but let me first t- tell us about your audition for Last Man Standing. Like, how did you fall into that? Well, it's the perfect story, man, because it's one of those things where you, as an actor, as a, you are, this is what you want to do because you don't want to go through, which I've done it before, the whole uh, pilot process and you know getting you know the network audition. That thing, those things are bare. They're, they're just horrible. Absolutely horrifying. I'll tell you about it if you want to hear about it. Sure. Take a note. But this is the best thing because what I did was I um, I just auditioned for a, a guest star, for a one-day guest star on the show. Uh, Chuck Larrabee, the neighbor. And um, 
and uh, Erica Alexander, I got there, and Erica Alexander was my wife. I just auditioned for a guest star. One audition, got there. They were like, you're great. Come on. We'll have you aboard. I played that first show, and um, apparently they liked it, and they had me back for, they had the character back for another episode. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That's never going to happen again. And then they had the character back for another episode. So it turns out in that, that first season I was on, I did like five as Chuck Larrabee, the neighbor. And I was like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. And uh, then the next year, I was still a guest star. And then at the end of that year, they were like, you know what? We want to have you as a regular for next season because I, I'm still auditioning for other things. I'm still trying to get into the pilot. I'm, you know, they, have, you know, they don't commit to you. You can, you know, go ahead and get a get a get a role. Uh, and then they just approached me and said, "Do, do you want to be a regular?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then, there it was. Yeah. And still, to this day, you could never. When I started this show, before I did the show, you could not have told me that one day, I would have like a rapport with Tim Allen, and. Jay Leno. I know. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Like, we work well together. And, it, like, um, that, nobody could have told me yeah. that. Well, that's what, that's what I've written down. I wrote down that, you know, your chemistry between just you and Tim, every time you, like, talk to each other, it's, like, really funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. Because what happens is, what, 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 what happens to me is I know what he's going to say, and he knows what I'm going to say about what he's going to say. And it just becomes this, this synergy of us going, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not, you know, we are, so we, we, we are, you know, we know what we're, we know what each other is about. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And they still, they still like each other, which yeah. is also really cool. You know, it's like, okay, we may not agree, but we still like each other, which is, you know what I'm saying, rare in this day and age, but, you know. Yeah. How is it working with uh, the cast and you know Tim and Jay? Um, they're this, they're a fun cast. They're they're family. Um, they're just some of the nicest people in the world. They you know, it's just it's great. I mean, I really can't. I really don't have anything. I wish I did. You know what I mean? I wish I had like some bad stories. No, no, but no. I don't. I don't <laughs> have any. <laughs> you know, like, oh man, he's like, oh, and she no. They're the best people, and I, you know, I'm. Just, I feel really, 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 really privileged to work with these people. I mean, Hector Elizondo, Nancy Travis. Hector is a legend, and and, and I, I want him to be my mentor. I keep trying to make him my mentor. You know what I mean? Yeah. You ever have you ever have a, an older dude? You just go up to him and like you like teach me, please, and you don't say it really, but you just kind of keep thinking it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you like go up to him and like keep learning and gleaning things from whatever he's saying, and that's 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 what I'm doing with Hector. He doesn't know it yet, but he's my mentor, yeah. and um, and uh, you know, uh, Nancy is is just one of the sweetest people in the world. Um, Molly and uh, you know everybody, yeah. everybody is just great. They're great people. Is uh is Leno now a serious regular too? Or is he still more like a guest? He's a guest star, but you know, he comes on when he can when he wants to, you yeah. know, and he's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's very funny. It's very it's fun working with Jay. Yeah. Jay is great. 
And it's funny how he's playing the whole mechanic thing because, you know, he's into cars and everything. Yes, exactly. And the first day I met Jay Leno, all right, now here's my, here's my story about Jay Leno. Jay Leno, the Jay Leno you saw on the couch, that really inquisitive guy who really wants to know, you know, at the desk and the guy on the couch and he's talking to that's Jay Leno. You know what I mean? You, you, the first time I met Jay Leno, I ended up telling my whole life story. Oh, no, Jonathan, uh, where are you from? Oh, what do you do? Uh, 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 and by the time I was done with the conversation, I realized I didn't learn a thing about Jay Leno, but Jay Leno knew everything about me. So yeah. <laughs> it was, and we were just talking, you know? I was like, dude, that is him. You know, it's so, he, he's so easy to talk to, you know, and he's very inquisitive. Yeah, he seems like he's, and he down, makes he's down feel to earth. special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how about how was it the first time you met Tim Allen? How did that go? It was great, man. He, he, yeah. he was great. It, you know, he, he he busts your chops, and that's cool. And I bust his chops right back, and so we're cool. Yeah. You know, so yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good relationship. And you know, the first time I met him, you know, first of all, first my first time I met him, I was a little intimidated because you know I watched you know the Home Improvement series. Yeah. I watched all the, the, my kids watched all the, the, um, the, um, come on, man, the, the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I watched, I watched the first season of Last Man Standing before I was on it. I was, you know, just, just watching the show. I liked it. And, um, so I was a little intimidated, you know, but, um, what I always realize is that people, you know, people are people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't, you know, everybody does, everybody has to do the same things, you know, they all have to, everybody has to eat and, and you know, shop and take care of their family and keep a roof over their head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody is people. Oh, so, yeah. and you can't, you can't um, be that intimidated by anybody, you know what I mean? Correct. They all have to do. Everybody has to do what they have to do. Actually, my wife had a question for you about Last Man Standing. She said, like, when you became a serious regular, your wife that plays on the show kind of like backed off and disappeared. What happened with that? I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I really, I wish I had a good answer for her. But you know, I, I love Elba. I'd love to have her back. I mean, I don't know. I personally think it might have been, you know, I don't know, I can't, I, I don't have any, you know, concrete anything, you know, I just, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Hey, maybe we'll see her back for the new season, who knows? I hope so, yeah. you know? I mean, everybody, everybody who's involved in the show has said they want to come back, so. That's good. Hopefully, keep fingers crossed, we'll see, we'll see my wife again. Yeah. And we're not, um, you know, we're not divorced yet, you know, but she. They did have her like go away, you know, like yeah. she's off doing something. I can't remember what it was from last season, but yeah, did she go away to teach her... or something? I think she went away to teach or something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, but and we also explained it like, oh, I'm, I'm okay because you know I'm used we're used to a long time being apart because you know I was in the Marines. You know, Correct. So. Do you have any uh, future projects other than uh, Last Man Standing that's coming back that you want to talk about or promote? Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, I did this, um, 
Lego Aquaman, you know, superhero thing that was supposed to go straight to video. Okay. And they're going to release it on screens in July. Wow. Um, you know, but it's uh, Lego Aquaman. Oh, I can't remember. I know it's just Lego Aquaman superhero. I play Atrocitus again. Okay. So it's all, you know, it's, you know, it's the whole Justice League fighting Atrocitus with Aquaman as the, as the main main dude. And um, that's coming out in July. So I'm like, that's weird. I, I really I, mean, I really thought it was just going to go straight to video and then like going to be on you know Disney Channel. But oh. no, it's it's going on. They're going to put it on uh, air. And then, uh, yeah, there's a couple things I can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> video games. And, uh, I, I signed an NDA until they came out. So. Yeah, so that's that's all I got. Right, right. And how can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, I'm John Adams VO uh, on um, Twitter, and that's all. I don't really do that much social media. Okay. I'm gonna get a publicist, and she says I have to be on Instagram. Uh, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a little lost. I'm so behind. I'm, you know, it's it's strange because I'm. I'm just from a different, I guess, I don't know, different generation, different time or whatever. And it's just, it is not my thing. Yeah. But I, I got to make it my thing. Yeah. It seems like know? every day it's all about social media now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to get to, to have your, your fans get to know you and have people, you know, know who you are and uh, connect. And they sure. feel personal about it. And I, I like that. You know, and I like. I love meeting fans. I like I love shaking hands with people. And I love signing autographs, and I love it when when I love to make people feel like. Well, no, I do feel like I I appreciate them. You know what I mean? I really yeah. do feel appreciative of their love of the show or the work that I'm doing, and it's I, I think it's a special thing, and I love meeting fans. So, I mean, you would you would think I would love doing social media, but I just don't. Yeah. Maybe I'm just lazy. <laughs> what do you think? Eh, I mean, some people just don't like social media, which you know it's understandable. Right. You know, then there's other people that I, you know I've had on the show. They say you know they'll do Twitter just for posting you know things about politics, which I don't even care about that kind of stuff. And then there's other people that they keep that separate and they keep their Instagram for their fans, you know, or or vice versa. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Twitter and stuff, and a lot you know politics. Oh, it's so dangerous. Exactly. It's all so it's so it's so perilous. Yeah. Like I I really don't want to turn people off because of the way that I feel about things, but I do want everybody to have their own opinions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just it, it really is um it really is dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah. You anyway. have you have to watch what you say on social media because you know you say the wrong thing and then you know your career is gone or your job is gone. Bam. You know? Right. That's it, man. So you're, you're, it's over. Yep. Yeah, man. All right. So I want to personally thank you for coming on. This was fun. I can't wait for the show to come back. You know, and I you know hope I, I, I hope, I hope like, you come back on the show again. I, I hope so too. Thanks so much for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Follow them on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll catch you next time.